Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your free flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kane and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Chicken Home's podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the show instead of follow... The show at Strict Anonymous or me at Cartoon Therapy. If you want to buy my book, it's in hard copy and it's, well, like it's a soft cover book. Was that what you call it? Hard cover. And what's the other one? Soft cover? <laughs> oh, paperback. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to buy the paperback version of it, uh, it you can buy it on Amazon. It's called The Cartoon Misadventures of a Total Trainwreck. I think it's eleven ninety nine. Don't buy the Kindle version. It's hard to read. I don't know. I don't like it online. I think you need to have it in your hands and just leave it on your coffee table or throw it in your bathroom and read a chapter every now and then. It's basically a bunch of love gone r- very wrong stories. That's like sort of the tagline. And that's really what it is. It's just like one horrific relationship story after another. So if you want to feel better about yourself, buy the book. It, you'll definitely feel better about yourself and the state of your relationships, even if the state is if your relationships are in shambles. Um. Anyway, so today on the podcast, uh, I have on a really interesting guy named Owen. And his deal is he was married to a woman for a very long time, had kids, the whole thing, was living, you know, white picket fence kind of scenario. But he always felt a little bit different. He didn't know he was gay, actually. He's gay, right? He didn't know he was for a while, which is very interesting. And we talk all about that. And then, But eventually he did realize he was. And when he did, he uh, eventually felt the the need to tell his wife and do that really difficult thing that most people don't want to do or are really fucking afraid to do because, you know, it's puts an end to a lot of things. You know, he had a family. He was married to his wife for like 20 years, I think. He had kids, you know, and he came clean across the board. And uh, it was difficult at first, but, you know, a year out, he calls in now and it's a year later and things are okay and he's doing okay and he's got a boyfriend and we talk all about that. We talk about, you know, how he sort of came to figure out that he was gay, how he got up the courage to, or how he dealt with it, how he got up the courage to tell his wife what happened after he told her, like what were the ramifications and how he's doing now. So it's it's a really interesting story. So I'm going to get right to it. And I'll be right back on with Owen. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly 
Hey, Owen, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. You're on with Kathy. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you, Owen, because you are, you know, a lot of times people call me up in the middle of a problem or an issue and they're looking for advice and things aren't yet resolved. And that's always interesting. But what what I love about your this episode, what's going to happen is that you're going to tell a story that has an ending and the ending is a good ending, you know, and I've had other yeah. guys on this show that are in your predicament and have called in and um and you know with the same problem that you have and it hasn't been resolved but you've resolved your problem you did the the difficult thing to resolve it and uh you're here to talk about it and your problem was this you were married uh to a woman but you were gay right and i'm assuming you always knew that you were gay right um no 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 i didn't and that's that's what a lot of people ask. I mean, certainly my wife asked, mm-hmm. "When did what did you know?" But no, I wouldn't have gotten married if I thought I was gay. Okay. And I think that that mm-hmm. I think that's um, where I think that that's common for men mm-hmm. in my situation. I think women women in my situation too, mm-hmm. where you don't know what it is, right? But you don't. You don't feel straight, but you don't feel gay because you don't know what it's supposed to feel like. So an attraction to men didn't mean I was gay in my head. Mm -hmm. And I certainly didn't want to be gay, and I tried to fight it, and I tried to make excuses for it. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I met my wife, um, I thought, oh, well, I'm not gay because I... I love this per woman, and you were attracted to her on some level, right? I'm assuming sexually there was an attraction there. Yeah, like I know what an attractive woman looks like, mm-hmm. um, but I I, um, I didn't really do anything with men before uh, I was with her. Mm-hmm. So how long, I didn't how old know. were you? Sorry, how old were you when you actually met her? How old are you now? And then how old were you when you met her? And how long were you guys married for? Uh, now I'm 48. Mm-hmm. And I met her when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And then how long were you guys married for? Before you... Because what happened is, yeah. the end of the story is you actually came clean. You let your wife know. Um, and everybody's happier because of it. You're currently dating a guy. We're going to do a call with your boyfriend at some point. Um, and that's where you're at yeah. now. But so how long were you guys married for and how long were you living like as a straight guy with your wife thinking that you were straight? Married for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sorry, married for 15 years mm-hmm. together for 20 together mm-hmm. for 20 years. Right. Um. And then, um, you know, with, when we have two kids, mm-hmm. and when the kids came along, that certainly, I think, adds a lot of stress to a marriage. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you have a marriage where one spouse has conflicting sexual identity, mm-hmm. it really it exacerbates it. And so... When did that start for you in the marriage, though? Because you said, like, when you went into it in your 20s, you maybe had a feeling that something was different about you. I don't know. But you didn't know that you were gay at that point, right? Like, you didn't put your finger on it yet. Like, when did it start to sort of start to dawn on you? I'm assuming it didn't just happen one day you realized it, right? Did it happen sort of gradually? And when did that start? Or when did it happen? Yeah. 
Uh, I would say that as as I got older, the feelings got more intense. Mm-hmm. And um, there was certainly always an attraction to men there. Mm-hmm. And I can, I, can, I can trace it back to when I was a little kid. There was an attraction to men. Mm-hmm. So um, what frustrates me, what really makes me angry is when I hear somebody say, it's a choice, you're choosing to be, because I never would have chose this. I think most people would not choose to be gay. I don't think, I mean, have you you ever heard one person that actually is gay and sort of fully, you know, come to terms with that, that would actually say that? I mean, come on. I think that's like, that is the most ridiculous thing. Right. I only hear that from people who, and I don't know anyone personally, but Mm -hmm. someone who is no longer quote unquote gay saying that they chose not to be gay anymore, right? That's what I mean, I've never yes. heard an actual gay person say, I'm making this choice. I could be with a man or a woman, but I I choose to be attracted to men. No. Yeah, no, it's, it's the not, most... It's, it's, that's not how it works. Right, I feel like it's only ignorant people as well as maybe that handful of gay men that are still trying to deny it on some level or have some sort of confliction with it because I don't think any gay man who's fully come to terms with it would ever say that. It's absolutely not a choice. It's like you either are gay or you're not. It's just the it's like you have blonde hair, or you have brown hair. Like you know what I mean? It's just the way yeah. that it it is. You know. And I don't think that it's a case where you're either gay or straight. Right. Um, there could be a I lot in between. I, I, mm-hmm. There is. It's a very it's a very gray zone, and I I don't associate with bisexual. Um, I thought maybe for a while I was, mm-hmm. uh, but as the marriage went along, mm-hmm. and we started establishing. Um, you know, our roles as parents, and we started living as two people raising kids more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, it became harder and harder for me to keep up the I'm straight facade, and it started realizing me that I was it was becoming a facade because I was feeling more and more like this doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And that is a very hard thing to be in a relationship with someone you love, Mm -hmm. but on a really deep fundamental level, you're like, this doesn't feel right. And especially at that point, yeah. And at that point you're like really in deep. I mean, you already have kids like, you know, you've established a very, you know, a very big life with this person, you know, to start thinking or, you know, have those thoughts that maybe this isn't right. You know, what comes with that is like, I'm going to have to get myself out of this, this, right? And that's like a tough path that most people never do or, you know, and they, because it's almost too much to think about, you know, so I think it is a very daunting sort of thing to sort of, you know, to come up for you because what comes with that, the change that you would have to go through, right? To sort of be honest with yourself about that is difficult. Yes. And, and I didn't know what to do with it because uh, I didn't want to hurt this person that I loved so much. I mm-hmm. didn't want to break my family up. And um, it starts eating at you. And uh, it it got to a point where I had to go see somebody. I had to go talk to a therapist. because That's great that you did it that. Was gonna, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was going to kill me. Yeah, you needed and to let that out. Absolutely. Yes, it was absolutely going to kill me because... 
that I, I fully understand why so many gay people kill themselves. Right. Because you don't feel like you have any other option. You feel like you're so there's no hope functional. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no hope. I didn't feel like there was any hope. So I wanted to figure out what is going on inside me. So I found a therapist mm-hmm. um, who, who deals with sexual issues mm-hmm. and um you know, went in and said, like, I don't know what's up. Like, I I know that uh, I love my wife. Mm-hmm. I know that um, on some level I'm, I am attracted to her. You know, we we did have a, have sex, right? We made two kids. Right. Um, as the marriage kept going on and I became more and more confused, the sex life died off almost completely. Maybe mm-hmm. we would have sex, you know, three or four times in a year. Right. And oh, a lot wow. of that was, I, I had so much fear over sex over the last the few last few years of the marriage because uh, I didn't know if I could perform. And I didn't know if, if it would be like that's how I was going to get outed because eventually I couldn't have sex because it just kept growing and growing and growing. And it kept eating me up and I, I I think that a lot of guys in my situation they don't realize how much fear they have. Exactly. They don't realize mm-hmm. from the very beginning when they recognize that they're different, mm-hmm. the fear the fear starts. And it's the fear that, oh no, I may be gay mm-hmm. or uh, someone's gonna find out mm-hmm. or I'm gonna I'm gonna lose everything. I'm gonna be ostracized. Totally. I'm gonna go to hell. Yeah. Right? All like, of, it could be all of those things. Gamut. Yeah, it could be all those things. If someone's really Christian, forget about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, you could just put things and on I top was, of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was raised in a really fundamental Christian, conservative household, and I really believe that gay people were going to hell. Yeah. And I was not going to do that, right? Yeah, so um, you started, when, like, how long were you going to therapy? And, like, did your wife know you were going to therapy, or were you doing that kind of behind her back? And at that point, had you, like, uh, sort of started seeing guys on the side at all? She didn't know I was going. I I didn't want her to know mm-hmm. that I was going. So, I just, no, she didn't know. I would go at lunch. Mm-hmm. That's great, um, though, that you did. And how and, long did you see your therapist for? Are you still seeing that therapist? Uh, I am still seeing mm-hmm. him, and I went. Um, I went for about four years. It's great. It took mm-hmm. about that long. It took about four years. I mean, the coming out process was about four years, right? Um, maybe five years. Mm-hmm. And um, to actually it come wasn't clean, every week, right? It wasn't. Yeah, it was not every week. No, mm-hmm. it started every week, and then um, you know, it was about once a month. Right. That's great. What, listen, whatever you could do. I really think that, you know, when people and a lot of people do this, you know, I'm totally for therapy. I'm totally the type of person that if like it's in my head, it comes out my mouth. Like you need to let go of things and you need to sort of speak them and talk to someone about them. It's very, you know, healthy and it's just needed. And, you know, when a lot of people carry around a lot of stuff that they are just too freaked out to talk about. And it's so toxic. It's unhealthy. It, it causes so many problems, both physically and emotionally, that I think it's always great. And I, I just can't believe that at this day and like this day and age, there are still people that don't believe in therapy because I think it really is a great place, especially for people, somebody like you or people who don't have that, you know, they're not 
ready yet to be totally honest about what they're dealing with and they need someone to talk to. They have no friends. They don't have family members. You know, what do you do? You have to let that out. So it's so great that you went there and did that. That was probably saved you. Well, it was, um, yeah, I was a nervous wreck when I first went because I had never spoken these words to anybody. Mm -hmm. I had never said to somebody, I'm questioning my sexuality or I may be gay. I don't know what I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I bawled, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I was just a mess. Right. And, um, but from there, I think, it, like, that's what most people are afraid of. Because, like, what you did there is, like, you just, like, looked in the mirror and you finally, you know, spoke the truth for the first time, right? And that's, like, that, I think that's, like, where the fear starts. It's that that moment, right? But I would assume well, that the more you did that, the better you felt eventually, That Right. Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Oh, yes. After the first session, I uh-huh. felt tremendously better. Right. It was, I, I don't think there was more clarity yet, uh-huh. but it felt so liberating to tell somebody this. Totally. And to start looking in the mirror, like, I'm at the point now, like, yeah, the truth can be scary, uh-huh. but I, I can't look at anything else but the truth anymore because the lies uh-huh. and that facade uh-huh. is not a real life. No, it isn't. It's Mm-mm. a, it's a, it's a, it's unfair to you, and it's unfair to your spouse. And this it's is what I think. To your kids. Yeah, and I've had other people on the show, and I think a lot of people feel this way. Um, people who are living sort of a double life, and they feel that um, a part of the reason why they don't want to tell their spouse is that they. You know, it's like they think about their spouse over themselves. They, it's like they can't imagine hurting their spouse, so they'd rather sort of not be true to themselves. I think people don't give other people enough credit to believe that other people will be able to deal with things. You know, people could deal with stuff. And most of the time, even if something's pretty difficult, people come out on the other side better for it. You know, that's how you learn and grow in life, you know. And in a way, it's actually worse to hold them back from having you know, a truthful life too, because on some level they're not, you know, they're not having, they're not living in the truth either if they're with you and they're living your lie, right? So why not set them free and let them go find somebody who's heterosexual and would have the marriage that they're really looking for, right? So you hit it on the head. So there, there is that absolute fear of hurting this person. Mm-hmm. So I would say there's, it's, it's two things. You don't want to hurt this person you love. Right. Um, and you also don't want to be the cause of all that pain because with mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. comes, you know, a lot of anger from your friend circle and your family on both sides. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the this, this fear of what 
people are going to think of you is really strong. But you have to realize, and anyone who is in this situation where you're you're gay and you're married to the to the opposite sex, mm-hmm. whether or not you're um, fucking around with other people or not, you are hurting that person because mm-hmm. gay a gay man or a gay woman cannot be married to a straight spouse and there not be issues, mm-hmm. even if it isn't arguing all the time, um, even if it seems like it's happy, there is something fundamentally missing in your relationship and you are hurting that spouse. You're and living a lie on some level. It is. It right. is. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. And it is going to come out. If it doesn't come out, what it's going to be is a unfulfilled life with that one person. Mm-hmm. And then when you die, they're, you know, in their 80s trying to figure out like, well, oh, it could be better. Like, what, why do you want to do that to them? Why do you want to bring them through this life? Give them kind of this half life. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're hurting them. You're not serving them. You're not being kind to them by dragging them along on this. And especially if you're fucking around with other people. Right. Did that start for you in your life, like in your marriage, or did you come clean before you started seeing guys? No, I I did. And I am I'm I'm not proud of the fact mm -hmm. that that happened beforehand, but it was fundamental to me coming out. Right. Because um because I wouldn't allow myself to, to, you know, experiment before because mm-hmm. I thought it would be taint. I thought it'd be tainted. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you can't. Um, I think I was afraid that if I, if I tried it before, um, I was with a woman and it was better than I was going to be damned to being gay. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I did. So part of the therapy was, um, I had such a negative opinion of, of uh, gay people that he's like, you need to go meet gay people and you need to see that they're good people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it would be good for you. And it's not that he didn't have to tell people, but he said, if you could tell some people, tell tell somebody, who like, get it out because it's killing you inside. And so I did. I told um, two gay people that I knew. I confided in two gay people. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were very supportive. And one of them said immediately, um, do you think you're being fair to your wife? Mm-hmm. Is this fair? Do you want Do you want to wait till the kids are out of school mm-hmm. and then tell her? And you guys are, you know, ready for retirement. Mm-hmm. Is that really what's going to be fair? Um, and then I was like, Well, I can't do it because I don't. I can't hurt her. Right. So I confided in them, um, and then I started exploring online, and. Um, I was on a site called Men Chats. It's a, it's a video video chatting site, right, mm-hmm. where you can pull up multiple cameras. And I started chatting with men there and jerking off with them online. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I felt like is the only thing I really wanted. I felt like that was my source, my outlet. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need a physical or emotional relationship with a man because I could just jerk off online, right? Right, and how safe uh, that would have been if you could have stayed there, right? You could have kept your life with your wife. Everyone would be happy. No one would have to know. And you could just get, like, sort of that part of you fulfilled online. And you could keep it all together. And certainly there were men that I met out there who that's all they did, mm-hmm. right? That was their that was their outlet. Mm-hmm. I would still say, like, if you have to come out here, then, you know, you really have to explore why you keep coming out here. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I don't believe most men keep it there. I think 
Um, especially the married men, they're going to go out to the rest areas. They're going to go to, you know, public bathrooms and to locker rooms, and they're going to get it there. They're going to do Craigslist, right? Right, because how do you, if it's a desire, right, but if you have a desire like that, right, and you, like, dip your foot in the pond, like, how do you not keep going with it, right? I just don't think it probably is physically possible to sort of, you know, keep that in check, right? No. It isn't sustainable. It's not healthy for your wife. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be bringing you're going to be bringing stuff home to her, and it is going to come out. Like mm-hmm. there, there was a, there, I, I had an extensive Skype uh, friend list, and I left Skype up one day when I went to work, but it was um, covered up with another window, and it was really just like through pure luck. That my wife didn't see. Oh my God! Right. Mm-hmm. Name, you know, and people were writing me messages like she wanted to jerk off, like, and then you realize like so much energy is spent trying to hide this, right? Yeah, you're and trying I to hide it. You're trying yeah. to hide who you are. It's awful. It's terrible. And I also believe, and I've told people who have called my podcast this before, like I warn them kind of because I think once you start to decide for yourself that maybe you wanna be you know, more of who you are, maybe you want to face that truth or you want to be a better person and you want to go to that next level, like you will, right? And sometimes it happens, it seems sort of like sabotage or something happens by accident. But I think on some level, people sort of bring that to them, right? Because on some level, even if it's subconscious, they're ready to face the truth. And then, you know, their wife finds out and it seems like an accident, but I really believe that it kind of happens when that person has made a shift. And maybe sometimes that person doesn't even know about that shift, right? But I warn people who call in, you know, I had a sex addict who was like, teetering in that place and I said I know you're going to have a bottom because you really want to change you know you have a problem and that's going to happen for you and it's going to be the best thing that ever happened for to you right but it may seem like really horrifying at first but it's coming because subconsciously you want it to come you just can't consciously make it happen because you're just too involved in you know the addiction and all that stuff and by the way he did wind up getting arrested recently and sent me an email and that happened and I was like happy for him because from there he could get better you know so I think you know when you start becoming really honest with yourself and you start getting out there and then you leave the Skype up there it's like you know it's just it's gonna happen you're right you know I tell people like you know be in control of that happening or not but it's gonna happen right well the uh, i agree completely because there was there was a lot of me that wanted her to just ask me right i didn't want to have to make the announcement right so um i thought like well especially when it got really involved and i started um, acting out with men, mm-hmm. like in and person, not way, on the websites anymore. You were like now going right. out, uh huh. Which, once I did that, I realized, oh shit, I'm so gay. <laughs> like, that, that was that was it. Oh, what was the clue? The dick that, in your mouth? They're like, <laughs> yeah, right? I, I couldn't use the I couldn't use the word gay. Right. Uh-huh. I didn't use the word gay until right before I told her. Right. Because um, I, I wouldn't acknowledge that, right? I didn't because it would destroy everything that I had. Mm-hmm. At least I thought. Right. 
right? I mean, that's that's what your your listeners in this situation are going to think of. Everything will be terrible forever. Right, exactly. And I'm, it was terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Like the aftermath was, it was a nuclear blast. Totally, it's horrific. Everything. It's like everything's do- done, right? Like it ruined everything. Yes, right? Like mm-hmm. the kids, her, families, friends. How old were was, your kids at the time? Uh, they're, they're, um, at the time that you sort of brought it up, like, you know, at the time that you came clean and and came out of the closet, how old were they then? It was was only a year ago. So, Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're both in, um, one's in middle school and one is in upper, uh, right. So they were old enough to know what was going on. Right. So everybody found out and you were like the cause of like just mass devastation. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was awful. It was it's terrible. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, and the hardest thing I hope I'll ever have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, there were times where I wish I didn't do it mm-hmm. because it was so terrible. And um, it was, you know, it's been a year now, mm-hmm. and there were there were times where I thought like. It, it can't get any worse than this. And mm-hmm. then it would get worse because there's so much pain and there's so much confusion. Right. And there's ramifications. I think it gets worse as people find out. And I, I just think yeah. it's just like a snowball effect, right? Like sort of, it just gets worse and worse and worse. But on some level, you're, you're only a year out of telling. And I, I know from the emails that we had back and forth that you and your wife are in a very good place, even just a year later. So imagine where you're going to be 20 years, but you know, for that, for that first time that you really come clean, it's like an addict hitting a bottom, you know, it, of course it's going to be the worst thing imaginable, but I think in those moments in life, those are the moments that, you know, are the amazing moments you will look back at one day, you know, I always look at things from our deathbed, the deathbed perspective, you know, like when I'm on my deathbed, like, you know, I I think those really profound moments in life are sometimes are most of the time, the most difficult, you know, those are the things you learn and grow from. And, you know, if you look at a life in total, like, that's why I love biographies, you know, people go through really difficult things, you know. Um, But most of the time, 100% of the time, I think, most people, you know, get out of it and, and they change and they grow and things are okay and they move on, you know. And that's why I said I think that a lot of people don't give other people credit by thinking that they're not going to be able to handle it, you know. I Your wife now yeah. is really okay with it, right? Yeah, sure. There's, we're both still sad about it. Of course. Right? Mm-hmm. But she is, um, we're we're very friendly. Mm-hmm. We're really good parents, mm-hmm. and the the kids are our priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, um, you know, it was not a it was not an angry divorce. Mm-hmm. It was two friends partying. Um, at, it took a lot to get to that, right? A lot of hard conversations and a lot of crying. With you and your um, wife, you mean after you told her? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, for months and a lot of therapy mm-hmm. um, and a lot of support from family and friends, which makes a big difference. And and um, it got to a point where, well, one, she's a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. And so um, it got to the point where she was just like, well, this is what it is, right? She doesn't want to punish me. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, for one thing, you know, we both still love each other. Right. Even with the pain that I've caused her, she still loves me. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows that we can't be married, nor does she want to be married to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids are the focus, and she's not going to do anything that hurts the father of her children. Mm-hmm. Why would I do something to hurt the mother of my children? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's certainly not what it was. I don't want to paint it as everything's fine. Yeah, but I you're just, like, honestly, you know, you're I'm only not... a year. No, you're, I think you're ex- explaining it very real. Like when I talk, yeah. I think I'm the one that has to clarify what I said because I'm acting like more so as the person that's like, oh, it's just fine a year later. I, you're only a year out and that is a very short time. I really believe 10 years from now, you will be in a great place. That's, I, I believe that in life. Like you will, yeah. your li- wife will move on. She'll meet somebody else. You guys will be happy. She'll look back with not one ounce of sadness at it and believe and understand that that was like a pivotal time that helped both of you and you're in better places. You know, a year later after you're married and all the kids that's not where you're going to be but you will eventually get there absolutely it takes a while there for sure yes and here's the absolute truth we are not trying to make a marriage work that can't work right anyone who's out there that has a marriage where they're gay or their spouse is gay Mm -hmm. their marriage is not working it may have some surface uh where it looks like it's working, but mm-hmm. fundamentally deep down in the roots, the roots are rotting away and that tree is going to fall. So instead of letting that tree fall, mm-hmm. I, I took it down. Right. That's I, what I, I say. I, like you, you I were in control of that. that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think um, that's better in a way because you had that conversation how long though like you said before and i don't know i was a little confused when you said it. you said like we didn't get divorced right away it was months like did was there a time where you when you told her like hey i'm gay like were you like did she want to leave you immediately did she want to make it work like or did you know right when you said that and did she know like that meant like you guys were totally over or did you were you tying around the idea of maybe staying together yeah, we talked about what this meant, mm-hmm. right? And could we could we work it out? And ultimately, and it didn't take long. Probably, you know, within a month, we knew this was it. Mm-hmm. We had to. It was best. It was best to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you don't just throw that away so quickly. Um, let me so ask you this. Was there we started, anger? We because towards that. Mm-hmm. Was, did she yeah. ask questions like how long did you know? And like, did, were you honest with her and tell her you had been seeing a therapist for four years that you were with men? Like, I mean, that must have made her really angry. Uh, I, I didn't tell her that I was with men, mm-hmm. but I did tell her that I was, you know, seeing a therapist continuously for four mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't tell her that because I, I didn't think it would serve her well i 100 percent agree i think sometimes when people tell people stuff like that it's like selfish on some level because what does that person really need to know that doesn't really matter in the story do you know what i mean it really doesn't it matters in your story and it was helpful to you and that's your path and what you needed to do whatever but does your wife really need to know i think absolutely not like if you were my friend and called me up and said hey what should i do should i tell her i'd be like no (laughs) you know i i I believe that that was the right decision right and so, um, no, she didn't know. She mm-hmm. didn't know that. She doesn't know now. Mm-hmm. And it really would not serve her 
and it wouldn't serve our relationship. No, it's, it doesn't make a difference. Like I said, in her life, that was something you did for you. It wasn't something against her. I I just don't believe that. I think other people would disagree, but I don't really care. It would be a much more hurtful, hurtful experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was careful and I was tested and I never had anything. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so you know, therefore, there not, would be no reason. I think unless if you did have anything like that, then you would have to come clean. But since you were clean, there's yeah, no reason right. for that. It, like you said, it would just be hurtful for. And what what does she get out of that? No, you know, the, right. nothing, nothing. And most of my experiences with, with men were jerking off in, mm-hmm. in a locker room mm-hmm. at, the, at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was one occasion where. Like when I finally let the walls down and I was traveling and so I was in a foreign city and I was in a a gay bar. It was the first gay bar I ever went to, but Mm -hmm. I was there for a second time. And the two hottest guys in the bar approached me and I started telling my story and that I was married. I had never done anything with men really except jerking off. And they're like, why don't you come back to our hotel? Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I said okay mm-hmm. for them. Besides, Maybe because they were so hot. Tired. I don't know. <laughs> well, that it certainly helped. Yeah, right? uh-huh. but it was it was this thing, you know, for thirty plus years that I wanted, and I would never take it. Nor did I think I would ever have it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I said, "You're going to have to get me." You're gonna to have to get me a lot more drunk than that. So right, that's gonna happen. So they did, right? They mm-hmm. bought me a lot of drinks, mm-hmm. and then we stumbled back to their hotel. And my first uh, like intercourse experience with men was with two men. Wow, it was mm-hmm. it was crazy and fun and hot. And I let that wall down, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. Like I went absolutely ape shit. <laughs> I did everything that right. I ever thought. That I couldn't do, but I wanted to do. Right. I experiment. I was, you know, I was, I was top. I was bottom. I was whatever. Right. For like three hours, and then the next day I went back and we did it all over again. Oh my god, um, that sounds like that is like and, amazing, great first experience. Yes, and I didn't feel guilty, which I found really interesting. I went to the therapist and I told her, I was like, I don't feel guilty about this, and now I feel bad that I don't feel guilty. Right. Um, I totally get that kind of a feeling, but I also get why I get the not feeling guilty. And I think that that's important part of it, you know, because I always talk about how I really believe like, you know, your morals come from yourself or like we make our own rules for ourselves, right? It's like to me, what's wrong is doing something that you feel bad about, right? If you feel bad about it, don't fucking do it. But if you're doing something that other people feel bad about, but you don't, then that's not wrong for you, whatever that is. You know what I mean? So to me, that's where people I think are, it's bullshit, you know, that you do it, but then you feel bad. So don't do that. But if you're doing that and some other people may think that it's wrong, but if you didn't feel wrong, then it, it, to me, it it wasn't wrong for you to do. Right. And it felt right. And Mm -hmm. more importantly, like it really showed me like, Oh, that's what sex is supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. Because, um, heterosexual sex was fine. It was, you know, of course it feels good. And and my wife and I had really good sex. And then towards the end, it became not like the end, like the last few years, it was more of an obligation. 
Um, and it was more about fear and keeping up the persona that I didn't feel anymore. Mm-hmm. And so sex became a completely different thing in my marriage than it, I, it was with these two guys. Right. Um, I was still under the impression, though, that I didn't want an emotional relationship with a, with a man. Right. Um, I thought it was still just physical. Mm-hmm. And if I could control this, then I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't have sex with a lot of men after that Mm -hmm. but what about sex with your woman is that when you sort of because i know that you said previously that you know you started to be less interested in your wife sexually and you were more in your head about it and you were like you know you had a lot of fear around sex with your wife did that start after that like really amazing experience or get like really is that when things started to change with your wife sexually or was that already happening i think that that Played a role, and I think the the sex was diving down anyway, uh-huh. and then that made it go even further down because um, it really was showing me, uh-huh. oh, that's you what know, you're supposed you, to be doing. You're not, you're not straight. You're not straight. Right. That's who um, you are. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so what was interesting was on that same trip, I met another guy uh-huh. who lived in that same city. I met him on men's chats. Um, and he was a straight guy who was living with his girlfriend, and he said he had never done anything with, with uh, guys before, um, but he was really curious. He looked like um, he looked like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Cute, right. And, yeah, and I said, well, come over to my hotel, and we'll do anything you want. You know, it could be just us talking, if that's all you want. So he came over for 30 minutes, you know, he was so nervous and he was shaking. And when I put my hands on him, he was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, like, he was experiencing what I had just experienced right. Right, for the first time. And except I was now in the senior role. Mm-hmm. I was very. <laughs> you were nice very fast. It was, <laughs> it was very, it was very nice to. Yeah. Well, I had, you know, jerked off with guys before I had sex with these two guys. No, but, I mean, like, um, you know, I here you were having your first ex- no, I just mean like here you were having your first experience, right, with these guys. And then, you know, it, I'm assuming it happened on the same trip. There you were sort of helping somebody else have that, right? Like you move, you move it, through yeah. things quickly. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. It was actually, I met with that guy in the afternoon and then that night I met those two guys. Mm-hmm. So I had those experiences on the same day. Okay. Helping this this guy along in his path, mm-hmm. um, wherever that is, right? I gave him a safe outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what what I bring up with him is because after that we we start stayed in regular communication. So mm-hmm. um, I was talking to him almost every single day through um, uh, online. Right. And I had this revelation with him after I don't know how many months it was six months. Mm-hmm. And I because I went back I went back uh, and we had another experience where we had oral with each other and he had never done that. And he was really, and he kissed me and he had never kissed a guy. And right. that was really exciting for him. And so more importantly, like we just got along really well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I told him at one point, I think we would both be shocked if we lived in the same city to just realize one day that we were dating. Right. And, that was a really big revelation for us both. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, he started pulling away uh, to the point where he just disappeared. He moved to London, mm-hmm. and I never heard from him again. He got like, freaked out. out. Blue, just, 
ended it. Yes. Yeah. Because he was with this woman and he wanted to have babies with her. Mm-hmm. And so I was showing him like it may not be the right decision and that was too much for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but more so the way things work too, as he's exiting my life, this other guy comes in to my life through Menchats. Again, never intended to go to Menchats to start a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Never wanted anything more than a, a jerk off partner. Right. He didn't want to meet men in, in, in person. Right. But with this guy, it was, it was immediate. He was divorced, mm-hmm. so he knew what was going on, right? Like, he knew what it was like to be married and divorced. Mm-hmm. And um, he was very handsome, very charismatic. We got along perfectly. And, like, as soon as I hung up with him because we jerked off, I was like, I got to see that guy again. Right. And um, we, over the course of um, months, just start communicating a lot. And we made a time to meet up in person. And it was like I knew this guy. It was like I knew this guy for my whole life. It wasn't mm-hmm. weird to meet him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't I was I was I was nervous excited, but I wasn't nervous scared. And we came together in this hotel and it was just like coming together with like my person. I don't know how right. to describe it. Mm-hmm. Like like my puzzle piece. It, it was shocking to both of us. I was so happy, right? Mm-hmm. But I was married. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this can't go on, right? right. I'm going to stay married. Well, you know, three years later, it's still going on. And right, so that's your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like he is my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He is. But when um, did you come clean? Because I know that you had said before, like, I mean, I'm assuming that once you started talking to this guy, you started to realize you have, or the minute you met him or in person, like you realized this is more than just sex for you, right? Like that's when you started to realize it's yeah. an emotional thing too and you might be gay or you are gay. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't tell my wife anything about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't. he doesn't live in my state. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Oh, your wife doesn't even another... know to this day? No. Oh, that's interesting. No, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I go see him as much as we can. We, there was a big gap because of the divorce. Right. And I just couldn't. And that's just difficult for us because we haven't seen each other a lot over the past year. Mm-hmm. Over the years past, I would see him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's going to be another thing down the line, right? Like that's my next challenge is because I do want a normalized relationship with him, mm-hmm. um, a public one. But I think that's my last fear is is that one. That's yeah, how come you haven't it. like because you? It seems like you know you sort of did the hardest thing, which is just to actually say it out loud and like you like you said you you ruined your family. Everyone found out. Like, why hold back on that? Do you think it's because then you'd have to sort of explain when you met him and the timeline would be sort of more hurtful? So maybe you know you do it down the line and it could just you know you could maybe say I just met him now or like is it? Do you have some sort of fear of coming out like fully as a gay man and and being in a yeah. relationship with a man, is that what it's about? I think it's the fear that um, she will suspect that it happened before. Right, the timeline, right. And she would, I think. Right. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's how women think. That's what I would think, you know. 
because she knows of him, but she doesn't know that I consider him my boyfriend, right? What does she think he is? Uh, you're just your friend? Or does she know that you, like, what does she think, like, about you with guys? Like, where does she think you stand? Like, or what did you say to her when you said, I'm gay? Are you, like, I'm dating guys? Does she think you're dating guys now? Does she think you just sleep with guys? Do you, does she think that you're just trying to figure it out? No, uh, we don't talk about our okay. social lives. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Right. Mm-hmm. So when she, so, but I'm assuming um, she asked you, like, are you with anybody? Or, and you just said no. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a part of it, too, because probably in the middle of all that, right, you don't want to also throw that on top of it. Right. So you said no. So then when do you, you know, come clean? That's why lying sucks. Right. Because like one lie turns into 80,000 lies. You know, it's so annoying. <laughs> I, it's like, you know. It is, and it's, yeah. It is. It's the last. It's the last lie. Mm-hmm. And I want to shed it. Mm-hmm. I want to have a normal relationship mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he wants it. I mean, I think we're doing extremely well for people who don't live in the same state. Right. But um, it, it it rears its head sometimes. You know, we've talked to a therapist mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. twice. Um, and, you know, unt- it, it's in my court. I think that's the frustrating thing for him. It's, it is in my court. Right. He's totally um, out, I'm assuming, in his life. And do people in his life know about you? And, and is he sort of open about the, your relationship with him? Yes. So he's out and he's told, um, like, his close circles, right? Mm-hmm. And some of, them, some of them know the whole story and some of them know the you know, half story. Mm-hmm. So for him, it's, you know, I'm... I, and rightfully so, I, I have him back in the closet. And for someone who's been out as long as he was, mm-hmm. uh, the closet is not a fun place. Right. It's a, it's a really lonely, frustrating place. Mm-hmm. It's dark, and the secrets and the lies are just... When, when you stop telling the lie, you don't want to start them again. So that it's very frustrating for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I can say is, like, it will come. It's going to come soon. Like, this year coming up, it's it's going to happen. I just got to get past the fear. And Right. Listen, I it's not five not. years after you told your wife right. that you're still hiding. I think, you know, he's smart right. to give you some time. I think he's smart to stay with you because your history has shown that you are somebody who faces your truth and who knows how to, do, you know, who will do the the more difficult thing. And I think it's okay to give you some time to do that. I think a year is a very short time, you know, to expect it all to be like tied up with a nice bow on and finished, you know, I think things take time and things come around. And I think if it's five years from now, like I said, and you still haven't done it, I think you should be like, go fuck yourself, you know, and like sort of walk on. But I think at this point he probably, I think he's smart to believe that you will eventually do it and he will be able to be, you know, you know, he'll be happier because of it eventually, but he has to give you that time. I think we're both chomping at the bit for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it makes travel hard. Right. Because I, I'm so fearful of her suspecting, so I really keep it at a minimum, and um, 
Yeah. It almost seems crazy. It almost seems bizarre to me because she knows you're gay, right? That you would think that that's like the hardest thing, right? But you did that already, right? But you, so, but you're still afraid for her to like, just know, like it's, you know, to know for sure that you are maybe by outing like this relationship. I don't, I don't know. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I know it makes sense you know, in your life, I, it just would, it doesn't make sense sort of on paper, right? Because she knows you're gay. It's not yeah. like you're hiding that. Right. But I'm sure there's it's a psychology about, behind it. Right. Yes. It's like, Oh, I'm glad you're fine. You're moving on. Right? right. You, you have a boyfriend now and I'm still, you know, struggling to come to terms with this. Thank you so much for destroying my life. I'm glad you're happy. Right. I that's get it. What, mm-hmm. that, that's that's what really I'm what it is for you. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And because I still love her and I still want the best for her, right? I cause a lot of pain in her life. Mm-hmm. And if I can do something to minimize the pain, mm-hmm. then I will. And, you know. Do you think uh, she's at the point yet where, like, if I was talking to her, she would say the same thing, like, I love him and want the best for him. And so maybe she would be happy for you that you had someone. Or do you think because, you know, she's more of the person that was hurt in this. She had to swallow the bigger pill. Right. So do you think she's just not there yet? That'd be a question for her. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think she did swallow the biggest pill. Like, you know. Yeah, I made the choice mm-hmm. to tell her and to end the marriage. Mm-hmm. She didn't have much of a choice in that, right? Right. I made the choice, mm-hmm. and um, I just don't want to keep doing things that keep hurting. But the fact is, we're not married anymore. No, and she right? knows. She knows the truth. Yes. So, um, I think there's, in some ways. Spouses who separate and hate each other may be able to move on much easier than when the two are trying to work together to have an amicable relationship. I don't believe that. Uh, I think in the short term it seems that way, but in the long term, that's absolutely not true. I I know people that can't get past pettiness, and I think it's the anger and the pettiness and the vile shit that goes back and forth 10 years after they're not together is so horrifying to me I don't get it and uh, I think the people that do with what you do and really love each other and do things with grace and you know in the highest way they get through things you know by through loving each other and through communication and through the truth and through working through it together I think they fare way better down the line it may not seem that way now because you're still very early into it that's true. I mean, we don't need to hurt each other purposely. That's major. You guys are going to like, you guys yeah. are going to be old people yeah. like d- d- uh, talking about this one day without any bad feelings, b- but just happiness that it happened for the both of you. It's just unfortunate that sometimes we can't sort of see the future. She doesn't know that she's going to meet an amazing man and probably have a better relationship with him than she ever did with you, you know, and have all those things just like you're having too. But sometimes if someone gets that before, there's all this jealousy and everything, but everyone's, her life will work out too for her. It will, you know, she's going through what she's going through, but eventually things will get better for her and she'll be in a better place too. It's just a matter of time. Well, I I firmly believe that through 
pain and adversity, you grow as a person. A and you thousand cannot go percent. through something you cannot go through something like this on either end and not change fundamentally. And it depends on how you look at it and mm-hmm. how you change. So exactly. um, I think that the both of us are changing in an extremely positive way. She's looking at you know, areas in her life where she sacrificed, maybe where she shouldn't have, or where she had put up with stuff where she shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm looking at, you know, living a truthful life now, mm-hmm. and not a life of fear. And really, like when you go through stuff like this, you realize how much you can endure, and you realize exactly that's what I was time saying. Yeah, does mm-hmm. help. Yes, and it is going to work out mm-hmm. if if both people are working especially if both people are working together towards good. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get a situation where you have, you know, one of the spouses is doing things to be vindictive mm-hmm. or to be, um, maybe it's, you know, the gay spouse is like, fuck it, I'm done, see you later. Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. yes, that's harder. If you if you don't have the support in there between each other, mm-hmm. then it is going to be harder. But yeah. it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be... You know, a, a, it, leading with anger and hurt. And no. To try to, but that's try because to I think. Suffer. But I think the reason why people hold on to that kind of stuff so much is because I. I I don't know. For me, what I really believe in life, I believe in like what Oprah dishes out. Like, and I always have. I really believe that life is a school. We come here as flawed people and our job is to work on that shit and put ourselves through stuff so that we learn and grow and become better and then we fucking die. And I think that the problem is people think that we come here to be happy and everything should be perfect and when there's a problem, something's wrong and that makes them not perfect and they don't see the value in those things, that that is what life is supposed to be, that those things will absolutely happen. They're meant to happen. They are the good things in life because that's what you, and life is going to be difficult. It is meant to be difficult and it's going to be happy and it's going to be a full range of things, but people don't believe that. So that's the problem. It's the people that don't have that belief are the people that suffer the most. Right. It's they're sleepwalking through life. Mm-hmm. It's the people who they, they've never tried anything, so they've never failed anything. They've exactly. Never, um, they've never sought to have anything better. And this is a, this is a, a generalization, but, you know, moving out to the suburbs and having uh, unfulfilled marriage mm-hmm. And no excitement and no joy, you just kind of go through it. So you don't feel highs and you don't feel lows. Exactly. That's how a lot of people live their lives. You know, a year out from this, mm-hmm. I was at my absolute lowest of lows. Mm-hmm. And as the dust has settled, mm-hmm. and I woke up the other morning, and it was a really beautiful day, and I thought, I am really happy. Like, I haven't felt like this. Mm-hmm. And there is this there is this now lightness about me mm-hmm. that I hadn't had my entire life right like I get the ch- I just got the I chills when you said so that much. yeah I just got the chills when you said it because yeah. that is so profound and so simple but so powerful because what it says is that like you know we're here to be like who we are and be truthful to who we are and you know and through doing that you are finally happy but like look you weren't happy for 
47 years of your life. Some people will never do yeah. that and they'll never experience that. But I believe as long as we're alive, we have the opportunity to do these things for ourselves and to make ourselves better people and therefore we'll be happier. And you know, what is happiness? Like you're not gonna be happy every single day, you know, that's like bullshit, right. you know, but it's that right. inner sense of, you know, peace, that inner sense of fulfillment, you know, and then every day, you know, you feel all different kinds of things, but if deep down inside you feel pretty okay, you'll be able to weather the, any storm that comes your way. Yes. And and my wife is the same, right? Mm -hmm. My ex-wife is the same. She mm -hmm. is finally seeing like all these, all these fears she had when she was in our marriage mm -hmm. and she doesn't have those anymore, right? Like she's mm -hmm. not trying to keep a marriage together. You said something interesting, with, which I was like, half the story. yeah, you said something interesting in the email that I remember and I wanted to bring up that you said, you know, she was like, when she found out she was almost happy because she felt like she was going crazy, you know, in this relationship trying to make it work. So it sort of made, you know, it sort of probably put pieces together for her that she d couldn't figure out right on some level. And that's, Yes, that's mm -hmm. the common thing you hear mm -hmm. from the straight spouse. And there's, you know, there's even support groups for the straight spouse. And they all say this exact same thing. Mm -hmm. They all say that they felt like they were crazy mm -hmm. because they didn't know what it was and they felt like it was their fault. Right. But they knew something was up. And I always say that. I mean, something women don't up. go, women, men, people don't go crazy for no reason. You rarely hear like the man, you know accusing the woman of going crazy and he's completely faithful or completely honest and the woman's mental. No, people, we are animals. I believe we are animals. Yeah. We have instincts and we are that first and we smell shit from a mile away because we're not mind readers. Your wife didn't know exactly what it was, but she smelled the bullshit. Like she just knew on some level. And I think that we all have that. It's just a matter of how much do you turn your head to those feelings inside of you. But like when she, she probably wouldn't have copped to that before you told the truth truth but probably looking back she was like oh my god I felt like I was going crazy and I understand that because she knew something was up she just didn't know what it was yes and that's very common and my mm -hmm. therapist said the same thing like that's what he hears from all the spouses mm -hmm. I thought I thought it was me I thought it was like why why is this not working because this person's you know so great but it turns out that person wasn't giving everything that they should because they they didn't have anything else to give, right? Right, and how much be... better? No, but how much better do you make her feel on a certain level when she realizes that it wasn't her? Do you know what I mean? She was probably personalizing yeah. it so much. I was right. in love with a guy in high school, in love with a guy. He was my best friend. We fooled around a couple of times, and he was always, he always dated this girl who was, like, overweight and not attractive, and he was super good-looking, and I was like, why aren't you with me? Why are you with her? You know, and it turns out years later, he copped to the fact that he was gay. He had, was, he had his first gay experience right after the first time we made out like with the gay guy he was talking to online and or on the phone and um he explained to me you know Kathy I could never tell you he's like you know I, I dated that other girl because she didn't sort of expect so much from me right like as far as like a real relationship you would have wanted me to be like a you know a straight man and I just didn't have that and she didn't sort of 
ask that because she was just happy to have this Hawkeye liking her. But I was so happy when he told me because, you know, when I feel like, oh, like, why wouldn't you just let me know? I did a lot of sort of suffering, right? Thinking I wasn't good enough or it wasn't me. Like, why hurt? You know, when you just could have told me you're gay, like that's end of story in a way. That's like the best thing to find out because you're like, okay, that makes sense. It's a definite. There's nothing I could have done. I had right because I think the worst thing is to have those regrets right and feel like oh my god I fucked that up or I I wasn't good enough or I didn't do the right thing and everything went south you know but that she doesn't have to look at the relationship and feel that way no and I think that that when when you have the spouse that gets to a good place Mm -hmm. that's that's the realization you know that you that Um, it is the right thing to do Yes, mm-hmm. and she is. She she knows that it was the right thing to do. No, she didn't want to stay in a marriage where, you know, I couldn't give her what she thought I could give her that I said I could give her. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't want to be in it, and that that that's why it didn't take long for us to realize like we couldn't stay married because what what would be what example would be setting for the kids? Mm-hmm. Right? They they would see two parents who didn't weren't fighting but they weren't you know like maybe some other friends parents were and mm-hmm. they're going to model their relationships on what they're seeing with their parents i, I believe so, that fully it's very important what you show your kids my parents were so toxic it made me fucking hate like be horrified by relationships <laughs> do you know what i mean because of what the model was for me right. so i think it's very important for parents to you know have healthy relationships for the child to see because that's like what you say that's what they they look that's what they imagine relationships are going to be and you know you set them up for the rest of their life and you could really fuck them up if you don't show them the right thing you know yeah you have to though i think you have to set her completely free and let her know you know the boyfriend thing you know because it's not only holding you back you know, because you say, oh, I don't want her to feel like I'm totally gone. Maybe for one second or for five months, she will maybe mourn that. She, 100% she will. But after that is let go, she'll have 100% freedom to meet somebody else. And that's probably when she will. So I think the sooner you let her know, the better, not only for you and your relationship, because you don't want to lose the, your relationship with your guy over this, but I think that you need no. to set her 100% free. Because what happens with a woman is like that little 1% chance, like women are very hopeful and they hold on um, in a way to things sometimes, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it's just like in our nature. And if she's holding on for something, I know that she's probably not holding on thinking you're getting back together, but I think it will be helpful for her to move on. If you show her that you have, even if it's hurtful at first in the long run, I think it'll be better. Just like what you did previously. I think it'll have the same effect and you just need to do it. Yeah. You know that. the The last bit of fear. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know that. I was watching Oprah yeah. with Pima Chodron, I think is how you say her last name. And she had this like really great quote that I tweeted the other day. And she said, that if you don't know the nature of fear, you can never be fearless. You know, it's very easy for people that like do regular things all their life. And they're like, I'm not afraid of anything. It's like then big deal. You know what I mean? If you're not afraid of something and you do it, that doesn't say shit about you. What says something about mm-hmm. you is that you have a fear 
and you face it. Do you know what I mean? Those are the people that are truly strong, you know? So to me, your fears are always places that you're supposed to go to. You know, you have a fear, fucking face it. That's what you're supposed to do. So I know you're kind of afraid, but I, and I know you're going to do it. Like you don't even need the pep talk. I think that uh, you're pretty evolved. I think your wife is too. I think it's a testament to what I always say, which is like attracts like, you know, I see, you know, people that are having really toxic relationships. Most of the time it's happening because both people are petty assholes. You know what I mean? Um, I think as much as you're this evolved person who faced the truth and was very bold and lives a spiritual life, your wife is that same way too. And that's why you guys are handling it. Right. You guys are both sort of on the same level, you know, and I think that she'll be okay. Yeah, I think that's the difficult thing is that we I think we're both very good people Mm -hmm. and we want that we want the best for each other. Um, So. um, But you guys are like best friends. You're still family like you're best friends. You're still family. You have kids together. That relationship will never go away you know so it's just like but you just you will have a better relationship because it's you know I think best friends you know lovers and partners are one kind of friendship but I think friendships just regular friendships could be very powerful relationships too you know and you guys are also parents together like you guys have so much together that's never going to be that can never change and will always be there that you still have a lot with her well, we, I would not say we're best friends. I would say we are friendly and we have friendly conversations. But we you, don't have mm-hmm. heated, heated discussions anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't, she doesn't ask me any more questions about how I came to where I, you know, to telling her. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're past that. Like that's what a year has brought. Mm-hmm. It has brought like a, a settling, um, like resolution as far as, okay, well, this is the new circumstances. How do we now best proceed going forward? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't go out with her. We don't, we don't go to the movies. Yeah, but I think that'll happen um, down the line. I think you have to wait a while. I think she needs to meet somebody else. And be happy yeah. and realize she could be in another relationship. I think sometimes people have to, you know, be with somebody else before they could fully get over the person before. You guys had a lot of history. Yeah. To think that it goes away in one yeah. year, it's just not realistic. It takes time. But right. years go by fast when you're our age. You know, I'm in my late 40s too, so I get, you know, a year, a couple of three, three years will be here in no time. And I think you guys will be in a very different place. And I think that you will probably become come together in a different way um, and have a really great relationship with each other. That's what I think. Yes. And in the end, we're not trying to make this marriage work anymore when it couldn't. Right. We have honest, honesty on the table. Um, she gets to, you know, when she's ready, pursue a fulfilling relationship with a heterosexual man. Mm-hmm. And I, I get to be myself for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to be worried. Like everyone knows I'm gay. Yes. I so don't great. care about the reaction so much. Right. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, the reaction is very positive and, um, very supportive. And I just don't worry about it anymore. Like I don't wake up and people who are in my situation may know exactly what I mean. I used to wake up every single day. First thought in my head was, Oh my God, am I gay? Mm-hmm. Right. Like every, literally every the day, minute you open I, your eyes, 
like it, yeah, can't, it comes to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You remember. It's like it's like yeah. when you break up with someone, you wake up and you're like, you almost don't want to wake up because it's the first thing that comes to you is like something that, you know, you're back in reality. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, am I gay? Am I going to hurt? Am I going to hurt my wife? Am I going to hurt my kids? Like this fear that was especially like leading up to me finally telling her. It was overwhelming. Like, I can't believe this. Like, I should I do this? Should I not? I didn't know if I would until I said the words, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I still was negotiating with my therapist. I was like, no, maybe I can make this work. Right. Maybe I can make this work. You know, really doing everything I could. I was going through the stages of grief before I told her. Right. And then she had to go through the stages of grief because I didn't bring her along on of the course. ride. Right? So she's a little behind um, you. Uh-huh. Yeah. But she's going to so get there herself, taken, too. You know, and then I went back in, right? Then I started grieving my marriage, and I started grieving everything that I did. Mm-hmm. It hurt her and the kids and the families. And um, it's, it, it, it just didn't seem like it would get better. Mm-hmm. And then it did. Mm-hmm. Right? It did. And you know what? I'm, I'm just not, not going to live that life anymore where I'm fooling myself. Right. And... You know, I, I told you about this in email, but I want to share the story that I just had where I was in a store this week and it was a very friendly uh, uh, store assistant. And I just started talking to her about my situation and she was really fascinated by it. She said, first of all, my mom is gay, um, so I understand how spouses can be gay, but let me get your opinion on my friend who's dating a man who's 24. Uh, he lived a completely gay life until 20. And at 20, he found God and decided he wasn't gay anymore. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows, because everyone knew him as a gay guy. But now he's like, no, I'm not gay anymore. I, I chose to be gay. So now they're going to get married. Right. He said, what do you think? And I said, I think she's in for a world of pain. I think that this guy, especially since he's doing it because he's a religious reason, he is uh, suppressing everything that feels natural to him. And just because he can have sex with a woman, maybe they haven't had sex, right? Like if he's really religious, mm-hmm. they may not have sex yet. Right. He's completely lying and he's bringing her into it. At least she's coming with full knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, most spouses don't come in with that knowledge, so they're caught off guard like my wife was, like most are. At least this woman's going in, but I want to say, like, why? Why are you doing that? Because I said, like I said, I think, listen, I think like attracts like, and whatever it is that he wants to, like, his lesson is going to be sort of denial. She's good. She needs to deal with that, too. They're both going to be learning the same thing, and they're both signing up for it, and that's where they're both at. And I, like I said, I think that, you know, most of the time, you know, two people come together to work something out. And even though someone, you know, each person might seem like they're dealing with different things, they're learning the same lesson a lot of times. And so that woman is just as deceitful in her own life as he is, right? It's just, you know, it's she's living the same thing. And that's why they are pairing up and deciding to do this together. And that, that you know, will take them to where they need to go. And they'll go through their own things. And they'll learn their lessons, too. You mm-hmm. know, that's their sort of play that they're acting out you know um but i think perhaps yeah perhaps he's bisexual like a true bisexual but he's not saying that if if he didn't meet god if like there if the sentence and then he met god and he wasn't gay anymore didn't exist in that story maybe i believe he was bi 
But when you throw in, yep. then I met God and I wasn't gay anymore and it's so black and white like that, it just reeks of bullshit. Like it's just he's trying yeah. not to be that way because his God or somebody told him that God doesn't agree with that, you know. So that, yeah. you know, yeah. and I think, uh, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast might buy into stuff like that. I think um, there's people that will listen to this podcast that are in your position and will maybe feel, you know, more courage to do what you did because of your story. And I, you said, like, I hate to sound cliche, but even if I could help one person, I would love to do it. That's why I'm so happy to have you on because I believe that too. That's why I love to do my podcast and put this stuff out there because I think people in life sometimes sit with things and, you know, inside their head and they really believe they're the only one with that problem, you know? And I think it's really super important for people to realize that they're not alone, that other people have the same problems. And it's really great to see people who are further down the line who have dealt with the problem and come out on the other side and are happier because of it. So I think it's so great that you called in and told your story. I'm going to have you back on because I'm at like an hour and 15 minutes. I never do more than an hour, really. Um, I'm going to do a part two with you and we're going to get your boyfriend on, right? And we're going to talk about all that stuff and I'm going to talk to him too. I think maybe we'll do you guys together. Yeah. Right? Sounds great. Yeah, you don't have to go farther than Craigslist to see that you're not alone. There are well, that's where I get all my callers from. Who are married? Yeah, yes, there's so many. I mean, I don't and know if you look. They feel like they're hopeless. Yeah, I don't know if you look through oh, my yeah. episodes. I mean, I have so many people. Like Craigslist happened by accident. Like the way I sort of started advertising on there because I just wanted to do a show about people with problems. And, you know, or just I like to talk to people about their problems and help people. And, and I didn't want anyone to know that I was doing it. So I just posted on Craigslist personals because it was free. <laughs> I swear to God. And then mm -hmm. I felt like I struck gold because I got the most interesting sort of people that I think most people on the surface would judge these people. And I think sometimes, too, people could read sort of the title of my podcast and think like, oh, this is some like dirty sex show or whatever. And even if it was, who cares? But it's really not. You know, these people that write in on Craigslist and they're doing these things sexually most of the time they're acting up and they they have like really interesting stories behind it so many men are living a double life and fucking men behind their girls back I've heard it a million times I get emails from guys all the time we've you know and uh so it's very because I think it's still not totally acceptable you know for men to be gay I think it's happening more and more and it, we're in a much better place than we were five years ago so I think a lot of men are still forced to you know stay in the closet because the you know the ramifications they'd have and the judgment they'd get from people we, yes we have a generation of married gay men totally my it has, mm -hmm. it has to work its way through yeah and there's gonna be a lot left coming up in the next generation yeah i call them yeah existed in the generation after that you're gonna have uh, those who are married are going to be the deeply religious ones still you know in 50 still years hanging on right this the hanger ons yeah it's but they're going to yeah, be the minority. The mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I call them it's like the dinosaurs. I think a whole group, like there's this generation that's going to die out pretty soon. And, a, a, you know, a lot of bad shit dies with them. And I'm happy for it. You know what I mean? Like get rid of them yeah. all. Because, you know, as a woman that is opinionated and stuff like those guys don't like me either. Those guys that are, you know, 
like that generation right. of people, they have a lot of bad shit, you know? And I think that the younger people nowadays were, are raised in a world that is super open and it's a much better place. And I love it. I think it's great. And, um, I agree with you. I think that that is on its way out. There's people still alive that have those views, but they're going to die out soon. Like I said, and I think they're going to be like the dinosaur generation and it's like, bye bye. Like I'm happy they'll be gone because I think it's, uh, I think it's, you know, it's weird how people have thought. And and in our own lifetime, we've seen a huge shift. I think we're living in a very exciting time of change. You know, we've seen like major shifts that have been so incredible and amazing. Um, So it's weird to think that, you know, I think, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, or 20 years from now, it'll be weird that how people thought, you know, but people thought that way most of our lives growing up, you know. And it's so archaic to me. It always was, you know, because I was always like more progressive in the way that I was even as a young person, you know. Um, But I think, you know, so it always was kind of weird to me. But I think people are more coming into the light and understanding that. And it's just not it's not the majority anymore. And it's just going to be non-existent. Thank God. But, you know, congratulations to you that you took that huge step and did it. Thank you so much for calling in and explaining your story so people could hear and you know guys like you could know that they could do it and they could it it will work out for them and I look forward to talking to you and your boyfriend and getting more information on your guys relationship thank you I'm very happy to have shared my story we'll talk soon Owen okay thank you bye bye do you have a story lifestyle or situation you can't talk about to anyone to anyone or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.